passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. And welcome into another holiday edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, joined by two-time Stanley Cup champ Craig Ludwig. Happy holidays, Craig. How was your Christmas? Uh, mine was good. Um, as usual, it ends up, starts and begins. And the, the beginning, the middle, the end are usually all the same. So it's like Groundhog Day, but it's always a good time with all the kids and everything. And um, I got my twins, uh, the whiskey smokers. So that was a big hit. What's a so, whiskey smoker? So they're actually going to be able uh, to know, smoke their own smoke, whiskey? Uh, they can smoke and change the flavor, and you get different flavored cherry and yeah. oak, and, and then you infuse it. I guess it would be technically it's a infusing machine or something like that. Hmm. It, 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 basically what it is, back in the day, it was a bong. Now they call it a whiskey smoking device. Nice. Yeah. So. All right. So Craig got his kids bongs. Yeah, got my kids uh, new new fangled bongs and uh, and how know. how did the famous Craig Ludwig chef was it prime rib pot roast? What yeah. did you have? Yeah, pot- it's usually it's usually a it's 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 the same old. It's a hit. It it yeah. go it goes fast, but but one of my well, everybody brings something, but you know, um, one of them used the, his own smoker and made some other stuff that was really good so we have uh you know there's a big crew that comes so um <clears throat> so we need all the food and the booze that we can come up with so speaking of booze maybe we should get a booze sponsor think we can get one by next christmas <laughs> we should we <laughs> should we should because you like yeah. to booze yeah i, I well, like to I, booze well, i'm uh you know i'm just an entertaining boozer yeah you are you are as a matter of fact have we told the story about i don't think we've uh-huh. told the story yet of we were out together and it was for an auction a few years back and we had a big table of like seven or eight dudes and you were holding court and that was the day a lady came up and said are you brett hull and you said yes yeah and you signed the brett hull autograph yeah we were in the colony and we were enjoying so i think we're about an hour and a half into this which normally is a good amount of time. Now, for the people listening, understand, these people paid good money to have dinner with Craig. I was just there for the ride. So, Craig, you're doing a good job entertaining. And one of the guys gets up, and you were like mid-sentence, and you stopped, and you said, where the F do you think you're going? And he replied... I need to get home to our, our my wife and kids. And you said, nope, we're not done yet. Sit your ass down. And he did. Well, I would just say, I would just say that people should know. And if you're not bringing your 
significant other, if you're going to go out for dinner or whatever, a cocktail or whatever with Ludwig, um, you might as well forewarn them. And that's true. Know that whatever normal time I would be home, if I ever get a pass to go out without you, um, this is an unusual event and uh, send me an Uber. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know what time yeah. for it to be. Like when we go out, I need to practice prior. I need to get my legs on me. <laughs> ah, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> this whole thing about you going out with, when we go out. <laughs> Yeah, you, you're there. You're you don't there want that for... spread that we actually go out. Yeah, Is... you're, you're that. It's that'd be embarrassing to even call it that. It, you're there for a split second, and then you actually leave your second drink full. And and okay, you, that, you was, the old, that was that was one. Do the old, I got to go to the bathroom, and you go out the back door. No, no, that was one time, and I did try to hide. I had a little drink graveyard going because I had to drive that night. So I was. I I agree with you there, but. We've gone out another time. We ended up at a speakeasy. You stayed out late that night. That was a good time. Well, that was after one of our dinners. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Great night of sushi. Yeah. And actually, right here, if you can hear it, that's a masame that they bring the bill in, that wooden thing, that nice. Oh, yeah, that you stole. The wooden door open. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's sitting on my table now. So yeah. you, next time you go there, you may get a bill for that. So here's the other thing about Craig is – we're sitting at the table and they bring this bill in this beautiful wooden box and Craig lets the server know, uh, just to let you know, I'm taking this home. Just let people know. And well, you I'm, not a thief. I'm not a thief. I just, <laughs> I know I mean, you're I, not, but I don't know if those I'm are let like, you know that I steal it. I don't so, know if those are parting gifts. <clears throat> and little did I know that night that the owner, Sean is a friend of mine and he actually owns a few other place, him and his partner, and they are they are actually opening up on New Year's Eve, which is going to be a downer, and it's going to be a bummer for them because the Stars game obviously has been canceled on New Year's Eve. They have bought the little place that used to be called, I think it's had like two or three different names called Shooters, um, right outside the what used to be called the Stars Club, so I don't know what the hell it's called anymore. Um, Right out there on the south end, south plaza there. They have bought that, and he is now putting, uh, opening up a bar right there, a bar restaurant thing. Cool. So, yeah. <clears throat> so they are, I, I'm sure that they were expecting, um, like every other business probably in the country, they were expecting a whole bunch of people to come uh, staggering out of the, the Stars game. And unfortunately, that's not going to happen, but I'm sure there'll be plenty of people um, out and about with their masks on and their needles in their arms and, and everything else on New Year's Eve, yeah. hopefully for them for their new business. <laughs> I will say the New Year's Eve game, I mean, a few years ago, it was peaked by the the Winter Classic, but that New Year's Eve game was always special to me. You know, I just felt as though that was a great New Year's Eve activity, grab an early dinner and then go to the game, watch hockey. That that to me was special. Did you play in any New Year's Eve games? Oh, yeah. I think we, well, we've always played. Dallas is, it seems yeah. to, it's always had a game on New Year's Eve. And what was it different for you or was it just another game? But did you did you think back in the day when I played they had an invented New Year's Eve? No, no, that's a good point. I, listen, back in the day when you played, it did not follow I mean, the schedule. Jesus really wasn't alive when I played. I did, so not fall, New Year's Eve. I did not follow the schedule. Okay. I probably should have looked up Craig Ludwig's stats New Year's Eve. <laughs> no, you don't need to look it up. <laughs> if, unless you're talking post game, those stats, <laughs> those stats, good stats post game. Oh, that was the true plus minus. There was no minus, just plus. No, no. The, 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 I have great stats starting at about I don't know ten forty five when the game's over with. Okay, so did they have the party afterwards in the plaza that they had for a number of years? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and 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 frankly. That's not my thing. Too too many people, too many cars. Traffic's brutal. Um, you know, you're getting bumped into the whole nine yards. That that's that kind of stuff's not for me. I I just prefer to go to a little, a little, you know, hole in the wall and um, be with my people and just kind of chill. So I'm not into the big crowds and the, you know, the all that walking around, Happy New Year stuff. That's not not so much me. For people listening, how does one become part of Craig Ludwig's people? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm asking myself too. 
you have to have a tolerance. <laughs> you have yeah, to have some kind true. of a tolerance. True. And it takes uh everybody's my people. It's just they just seem to fade away and you know, they 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 die. <laughs> so I can't <laughs> I'm uh, running short. I only got like six of them left. <laughs> I'm gonna Uber the next time we go out. Yeah, just stay home. I'll do a Zoom thing with you. (laughs) All right, so let's talk uh, unfortunate news. Uh, Stars, COVID, and it's not just hitting the Dallas Stars. Only 10 players skating right now. They do have the two goalies, but 17 players affected in the AHL with the Texas Stars. Most of them, I believe 11, are under NHL contracts, so like a taxi squad isn't even viable right now. So stars are in tough shape. Luckily, Jim Nill has said that the cases are all mild, so there's no severe cases, but, um, you know, to be seen whether or not they can field the team against Arizona coming up. Well, and I and I think, yeah, and it's what they say is it's going to get worse over the next three weeks. And so I don't know how it's going to get worse because it seems like everybody you talk to has had it or something like that. And because speaking of had it, did, did I, was it not two weeks ago that Radulov and, and Hintz were out with non-COVID related whatever illness? Yes. yes. And now Hintz has got COVID? Yeah. Does that mean that he actually did have it and they were trying to tap dance around a quarantine date which i believe as of an hour or so ago um they have changed the protocol that the quarantine thing is now going to be from five days instead yeah of 10. except canada still is under 10 well, so that's going to yeah. be tough because well, you know i mean the Amer- does that not does that not almost sound like there could be i mean i i would say there's there's odds that we may go back to if it keeps going down this road you know can they switch midstream into a Canadian division? I don't know. I don't, it'd be interesting to see what the number is. I I don't believe that the number is 82 anymore. Um, I think they probably, and I know these guys all have their ducks in a row and they're probably planning for 72, 70, you know, a number of games. Uh, They're even discussing, you know, going to not necessarily having the playing the same amount of games, but you may not play against all the same teams, the same amount which that's a little tough for me. Um, does that mean you can go like Dallas, for instance, can go and play. If you're going to go to Arizona, instead of playing once, you're going to play them twice, or you're going to play them two out of three, whatever they've decided on. But we're all going to get the same number of games. So does that mean that if Dallas goes to Arizona because their schedule's coming up and there's dates available and all this other kind of things that have to fall in place, Dallas can bang off a couple games there. But they then, but then St. Louis has got to go to Colorado, and St. Louis has got to play Colorado two times or three times, or maybe at the end, and at the end of whatever number of games it is, St. Louis is playing against a Colorado team four times or five times because they're getting they're, we're going to get to seventy two games or eighty two games, whatever it is, and maybe Dallas only plays Colorado two times and plays Arizona five times. Is that fair? No. I mean, I, I, it's fair for Dallas if you're Dallas. Yeah, kind of yeah. I, I just, I just don't know if the NHL can come up with a viable solution that is going to make everyone happy. Because once again, you're dealing with governments here. This is not like the NHL can say, like for instance, right now, as of today, five days for American teams, but you know the Winnipeg's, the Calgarys, the Montreals, Ottawa's, uh, Vancouver's, they're faced with. 10 days automatically, that's a decided advantage for American team. Oh, for, I mean, for, and again, it, and it all depends on what, what, how they, are they going to go back to the divisions that they had, you know, a year or so ago when, you know, there was this division, that division, and it made it sense for travel because yeah. obviously that's what they're trying to do. Um, I got to tell you, Craig, I love that division the stars were in. I know they did not fare well, but man, was that a fun division to be in. Yeah, it, it was, <clears throat> you know, and it was a comp- it was a competitive one. Yeah. So, you know, it, it it'll just be. Inter- I don't know. I think they've got, and then the whole the whole other thing about, you know, no Olympics and using those three weeks, but they're still going to give the players a week off. They're they're going to give them a week off, every team a week off at some point, because that you know they they figure that they're going to need 
a break, which they do. And so how are they going to, and then you got to dance around the buildings because the buildings already have dates set. Yeah. And if they're missing, like for Dallas, I mean, you know, they're, if they're missing, you know, revenue from the stars games that weren't here, but they've got, um, a concert coming up or whatever event that may make some more money than a stars game. Um, I don't see them turning that away to get a game in. So they'll have to dance around all that kind of stuff. And I think that may have something to do with why, if you're going on the road um, and for instance, if you're going to LA and you're going to play that, you know, those three teams, we always, I mean, you always play LA, San Jose and Anaheim when you go on that trip, you know, maybe you play LA twice and then you play San Jose once and then you finish with two against Anaheim. And, and bang off, you know, six, seven games or whatever it may be, or, you know, five games. And because it cuts down on the travel back and forth and, you know, running into a whole bunch of people and everything else. So um, because of availability and buildings too. So I, I know they've got their work cut out for them. The schedulers do, and um, they've been doing this for a while and calling all the buildings and uh, finding out the availability for all, all the buildings where they can slide these dates in. But, um, you know, and again, the longer you sit out there, um, uh, you know, I, I know right now, I think yesterday they had 12 guys at practice. And so they're trying to keep the 12 guys as, you know, ready to go as you can, but all you have to do is look at the, look at the scores from last night. Look at the games from last night. It's almost like what happens in preseason when yeah. teams play each other in preseason, number one, you're not using all of your regular players. So you're sprinkling in some American league guys you're, that, that are, you're giving an opportunity to. Uh, some of the draft picks that you're giving an opportunity to, and you only have to, you know, you only have to dress whatever that number is of, of so-called veteran players, whether it's, you know, three years of service and, <clears throat> you know, you have to have eight or 10 of them in the lineup. Yeah. The fans want to see some players playing. Um, so, you know, and then they're having a hard time doing that. So you look like, and so th those games are always, um, you know, they're, they're not the tightest defensive games and there's goals that are scored in those games. And last night we have an eight, seven game and a five, one game, you know, so, which is exciting. Um, but you're, you're kind of looking at uh, preseason rosters because there's a, mar a lot of American league guys that are playing guys you've never even heard of. And um, so, you know, that, that may be what we're going to see for a period of time. And again, is that, and here we are again, I mean, is it really the, I mean, it's the only way you can do it. But yeah. is it the best way, the best competition, you know, when in, in Colorado has been sitting there, for instance, and weren't we supposed to play Colorado New yep. Year's Eve? Is that who the game was against? Uh, we had two against Colorado. So maybe. It yeah, was. I thought that was the New Year's Eve game. But anyway, but, you know, Colorado seems to be relatively uh, healthy from this. I mean, but they had a bunch of guys early, I think. And, you know, but. I thought once you had it, you didn't get it again. That's just what I don't understand. So No, um, not with this new strain. You can get it again. Now, you do have, I mean, listen, we're no medical experts on this, but you do have antibodies, which certainly help. Um, but at the same time, you, you know, you can get it or you can be a carrier. So, hmm. yeah, it's it's tough. It's, it's, uh, it's really tough. And then, you know, you can tell the players right now, like, hey, stay inside with your families. But, you know, you got young 20-year-old guys. Um, and the question is, is are they picking it up if they're out or are they picking it up on the ice? They could be picking it up on the ice. Well, don't you remember the last time we did a podcast, I believe we were playing Minnesota or we had just played Minnesota. And I think they beat them seven to something, yep. seven to four. It was like a yep. baseball score, Yep. right? So, and I had said, you know, Minnesota had a couple guys that had tested positive for COVID. And I said, well, it'll be interesting to see if anything comes out of this thing. And I'm talking about guys on the ice. Right. Now, here we are. Here we are a week and a half later, whatever it is. And Dallas has got, I don't know, how, how many of our guys sick? So, and now if, you know, but the, a lot of them are so, what do they call it? Asymptomatic. So that's yeah. the good news is, is I, I just think that, man, don't, don't test the, don't test these guys until, you know, they're sick and, and then let them play, I guess, and let everybody get it. And everybody, every, all these athletes that we talked about this too, you know, they're so well conditioned and trained and they're in shape and they, their bodies seem to handle it better than the average human being. And not that you want to get anybody super sick and all that other kind of stuff. So, um, but again, you know, you're in buildings in Canada, you know, we got buildings in Canada that have no fans and, 
50% fans and is is that going to happen again? It doesn't sound like it. I, I haven't heard any talk of that happening, but I think it's good news that the quarantine thing has been cut in half. And I, I believe that they're not going to test every day like they have been because I mean, you're putting guys into, you know, you're putting guys, you know, on the shelf and they are, they feel perfectly fine. I'm pro I'm pro taxi squad. So I'm glad that that's coming to fruition. Um, yeah, it's just going to be going to be, t- I'm glad to see the winter classic is on and there are going to be freezing cold temperatures because I think there are two opportunities the NHL has to market themselves. Even though I was anti going to the Olympics, I think that's the best on best. And you truly see the talent that hockey players have. And when they wear sweaters for their own country, there's just something special about that. So while the passive hockey fan might not be interested in every game in the NHL, certainly they will if USA is on the sweater. We remember the TJ Oshie Olympic great moment and obviously 1980 and we can go on and on. And especially I think what's disappointing this year, Craig, is you know, you look around the league, there are so many young American players in the NHL right now. This could be the best crop of young Americans we've seen in a long time in the NHL. Yeah. And and sadly there there's some guys that, you know, are are looking at it that, you know, they don't think that they're going to have an opportunity again um, to plan another Olympics. And, and, you know, it, it's, it's sad for those guys, especially a guy like Steven Stamkos, um, yeah. you know, uh, and he's adamant about wanting to be able to go. And obviously everybody, well, a lot of hockey people have heard <laughs> Brad Marchand come out and, <clears throat> you know, give his opinion of everything that's going on. But I mean, the good news is there's world junior going on. Yeah. And, and so those, those guys, are exciting and um that's your future in the nhl and you got a 15 year old kid there for canada that's lighting it up already which is crazy <laughs> um the only other player i think i read this the other day or heard it yesterday or today the only other player ever as a world junior uh at 15 years old or at least to score four goals in a game was wayne gretzky so um kind of tells you what the bedard kid's going to be like so anyway um yeah i mean at least you have that and i can't watch it because i don't have uh, the NHL network on my thing. I got ESPN and plus and all that other stuff. And so a buddy of mine last night at our game told me I could get on it um, on YouTube or something like that. So I've been scrolling to see where this free YouTube watch the world juniors. I see all the highlights and stuff, but I don't see any game game. So anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah, it, it's disappointing. Um, I've heard a couple different options and I heard one was to be able to push the Olympics back to, you know, a year which man, I don't, I don't know if you're the host country, is that something you want to do after everything that you've built and got not ready? China? Yeah. <clears throat> and then the other thing was, is just let, let the hockey guys play, uh, you know, somewhere in the States yeah. or in Canada and have their own thing, which I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that takes money out of their pocket and the Olympic committee and stuff like that probably. But, um, but anyway, that, that ship has sailed and it is what it is. And so they're not going to be competing and it's too bad. And, um, I mean, you just think about it. <clears throat> would you not want to see, you know, a couple of the best players in the world? Would you not want to see Crosby and, and McDavid playing on the same line? I mean, you, if oh. you're U.S., you don't. But, I mean, if you're Canada or even if you're the hockey world, you know, to, to see McDavid finally play in one of them. And, you know, there are some other younger guys that would be there, some young, good Americans and stuff. But um, it's not going to happen. So um, let it go because it ain't happening. <laughs> Brad <Yeah>. Marchand <laughs> Stamp goes, let it go. You guys are all <laughs> have made great points. Yep. And the biggest and best point was about the taxi squads since you bring it up. And, you know, why can't there be taxi squads over at the Olympics? And and then and the other thing that I was curious about, like U.S. didn't get to play last night in the juniors um, because two guys tested, only two. But apparently both of them were goalies. <laughs> so, so that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if only two test positive and you can't play, I mean, it just seems like it's going to snowball. Yeah. Or what is that number? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's because it was only, it was two goalies and, and they didn't have a goalie, um, but then they have to play today. So their test came back negative yesterday. Can't play. And then they got to get tested today. So why would those two guys be healthy? Right. Test negative, but well, right. hopefully they do, or one of them does at least or yeah. whatever it is. So Now tell me as 
For those that don't know, Craig is a coach of, can I call it elite junior players? Younger than junior. That's what they're called. They're the uh, Dallas Stars U18 elite. Okay, U18 elite, which Craig is the coach of. How, as the coach, have you handled this situation as far as travel, players with masks, social distancing? How what What has been your team philosophy? Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> there is no... And you've had no cases. Well, last year we did. Yeah. Last last year, um, at the start of the year, uh, 17 guys had it at the same time. And they were done, finished with it by the 1st of October. And so we really never had to worry about anything anymore because they all had it and apparently had the antibodies and all this other stuff. Um, the travel was different, obviously, because places like Chicago and Detroit, who are a little bit more locked down than, as we know, Texas, um, a lot of those tournaments that they were having uh, got moved to Dallas. So we actually had a lot more tournaments and games being played, league tournament, things like that, that were being played here in Dallas last year. This year, we haven't missed a beat. I mean, um, you know, you, there's nothing different. I mean, you would think it's not even here because, I mean, the only thing is the airports. You know, obviously, you got to put a mask on. You got in there. They're pretty... You know, you got the the Stewie. Well, you can't call them stewardesses anymore. I don't know. There's a proper name. Flight, uh, attendants. flight attendants, I guess it's called. I don't know. I got in trouble for that last year too. So I called somebody a stewardess, and I got a speaking to because I got anyway, um, which is nothing new. Um, <clears throat> but they come around. They make sure that you got your mask up over your nose and all that. You got to have your mask up over your nose. But the guy sitting next to you eating and drinking can have his mask off. So, but anyway, um, but that's it. And then you know your your masks are off and. Um, last year there were, there weren't fans in, in a lot of the buildings that we played in and, or they could only have one family member. Um, otherwise uh, there was one tournament we were going to go to oddly enough, we were playing in Minnesota, but we had to play one game in Wisconsin. So you just had to go across the border. We were in Duluth. You just had to go across the border. And the night before I was reading the things and, and I saw where it said, uh, required mass during play. And I kind of read a little further <clears throat> and then I saw that it said just the centerman. Just the centermen were going to wear masks. And I and our game the next day wasn't until like 11 o'clock in the morning. So I got up early and I drove over to the rink in Wisconsin where we were going to be playing at. And I was just going to see what was going on. And so you had to, you can't, they didn't give you dressing rooms. So you basically had to dress in the lobby. You had to come dress like you're, you know, eight-year-olds, just not your skates on. Um, <clears throat> you know, so the players all dealt with that. It doesn't, never affects us really. Um, then they sit in the lobby and you actually sit next to the other team that's getting dressed in the lobby at the same time. Um, and then you go on the ice and play. But I went over there to see this whole mask thing. And, and so I said, I ran into, I guess he might have been running the rink. And I said, listen, I can ask you a question. I said, so these guys are wearing masks on the ice? And he goes, no, no, just the centerman. And I said, why just the centerman? Well, they face off against each other. I said, what about the wingers yeah. <laughs> that are facing off against each other? Um, and he kind of looked at me and he goes, well, that's our rule. I said, okay. And, you know, we talked for a little bit and there was no changes. My, we come back two hours later for the game. I told all our guys, I said, just put your mask on, go on the bench. I said, I let's just deal with it. And, um, the referees came over that referees had masks on referees came over and said, Hey, you guys want to take your masks off? We're taking our masks off. So let's go. And that's what, that was it. <laughs> and so, um, you know, and so they dealt with it, all the players, you know, everybody, they were great. You know, they didn't have their parents. Well, not, not a ton of parents travel all the time either, but you know, a lot of the local, if they're near Wisconsin or Minnesota, they, they can only have one parent there and things like that. In Dallas, it was okay. It was like normal. Um, so, and we're supposed to go to Chicago here in a couple of weeks. And I know if this thing is going bad and Chicago is one of the, you know, cities that, that canceled a lot of tournaments. And so we'll see if we actually make that trip or they make a swap, but we haven't heard anything different. Otherwise to, to answer your long winded, uh, my answer, uh, it really hasn't affected us. I, there's been nothing different. I mean, you're in the hotels like normal and you know, you're in rooms like normal and, uh, everything, everything's normal, except you just got to wear your, your mask on a plane. That's it. <clears throat> this is Spitz and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle. He's Craig Ludwig. We do this every week for you. I wanted to go around the NHL. I don't know if you saw last night, Craig, the San Jose Sharks scored two goals in seven seconds. Can you remember something so fast? Yeah, I, I think I want to say there was something in four seconds. Well, I I think we the year that we beat uh, the year that we beat Calgary um, 
for the cup in Montreal, I think we have, well, this isn't two goals, but it was, we went to overtime and Brian Scrudland who played here, uh, Scurry had scored. I think he still has the fastest OT goal, um, from a faceoff. It was something like four seconds. I, I mean, Scurry can't even skate that well. So I don't know how the hell he got from the faceoff <laughs> circle and scored in four seconds game was over with. So, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, no, that, I, I don't know what the record is for that, but you know, it, it's just crazy. But again, it, it just tells you kind of, you know, I, I just think if you have your full complement you know, you're 20 guys and they're 20 guys, those things don't typically happen. And, you know, there was probably, you know, a little bit of coverage here, a clean, you know what I mean? Things like that happen. So that's what I mean. It's, that's why when you see, I, I told my kid last night, I saw that Tampa who had a goalie that, you know, and, and so both clubs had goalies that were not your household names and <clears throat> Tampa was a minus 330. Like you never see that kind of a, a betting odd. And the over-under was, uh, I think it was five or five and a half, which, which they always stick around that number. So if you do gamble, which I know it's legal now, so we can talk about it. Um, you see those kind of overs and you're seeing the kind of uh, teams uh, that are being iced right now with yeah. American League players and everything else. Um, pony up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Vegas knows. Kidding. They do, Vegas, but, uh... but they don't, but that, that's the thing is when, when you see, and it's always, if you have ever bet the over under in hockey, very rarely does it ever get to six. Very rarely does it ever get below five. Yeah. Their number is always five to five and a half. So goals. So, you know, I mean, <clears throat> I'd be taking the over. And I mean, obviously you have to look at the, the lineups of the teams, but I mean, when you're seeing four or five, you know, spare players that, you know, don't have any games played in the NHL, there's going to be mistakes made. And then yeah. when you don't have your, your two goalies in the, in the net, one of your two, you know, your starter, your one, a one B, whatever. And you got like a three or four, you got a kid that played in the East coast league that called, got called up. Um, you know, those are the kind of games you got to look for. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Also wanted to talk about the Anaheim ducks in the Pacific. You know, we talked about and focused on the Minnesota wild because they were playing the stars and how we didn't think, that they were going away. Well, Anaheim being down for a number of years, it looks like those draft picks are finally paying off. What an exciting team to watch. Troy Terry is terrific, and Trevor Zegras. I mean, those are two young American players playing for Anaheim right now. But I also love, and probably people don't talk about this a lot, the mix of veterans that they've formed on this Anaheim on an Anaheim team. First of all, you have a healthy Ryan Getzlaff, which has not been the case in, in a number of years. Adam Henrique is um, having a great year for them, the former New Jersey Devil that's been with Anaheim for a few years. I love the pickup of Kevin Shattenkirk. This is his second year with Anaheim. So he's having a nice season. So I think it's a nice mix out there. And then we get into the goaltending. You know, I'm a huge John Gibson fan. I just think he's never really had a team in front of him, but I've always felt as though John Gibson is one of those upper tier. I don't want to say tops in the league, but he's one of those upper tier goaltending goaltenders that would just stand on his head. It seemed uh, night after night. So the other guy that's been really interesting is, and stars fans might liken this to Jack Campbell. There's a backup goalie. He's two games away from playing his most games in the NHL. Anthony Stolarz was with Philadelphia, was a high pick. Philadelphia traded him for Cam Talbot, didn't make it in Edmonton. Anaheim scooped him up, and he's having a nice year as well. So it's good to see the Ducks, whether they stick around or not, because that's a very tough Pacific division. But it's nice to see one of those teams that has been down for a number of years flourish. I think it's just uh, it's a case of injecting youth and good youth and drafting. Um, and it's just the way it is. I, I mean, you talk about their goalies and yeah, I agree with you. Gibson's been, you know, that guy for a long time, that team hasn't been what they should have been. Uh, when you talk about Getzloff, I, I really, I do. I mean, you're right. He, he's healthy. He had an opportunity. Um, the club gave him the option uh, to look around, see if there was a place kind of like Corey Perry. Um, you know, you've been here forever. You've been a good soldier. We're going to have you back. You're probably going to retire, you know, as a duck, um, probably work in the organization, but here's what Ray Bork did it. Corey Perry did it. You know, Hey, 
we're probably not a Stanley Cup contender. They didn't think. Um, so what do you want to do? <clears throat> we'll let you go. We'll bring you back uh, whenever that club is done with you. Um, he decided to stay. And I'm sure he did his homework. I mean, he, I mean, you've been there forever. You're, you're the guy, you're, you're the face of the organization. So, you know, the players, you know, the young kids that are coming in and he probably saw, you know, a lot of these kids and remember these kids from the last camp or the camp before it and said, Hey, we got some good, good kids coming here. And I want to be around that. And he's enjoying it. And, you know, so, but you, you know, you've got the kids leading, leading the way. And so, um, you know, the, the, the Terry kid is got, he's like a point of game per player. Yeah. He's fun. And, yeah. And we talked about the Zegras. I mean, that was the whole Michigan. I mean, he's a YouTube sensation right now. And, yeah. And he's that kid though, when, you know, he loves doing interviews and he, he's got that personality. So um, I think they've got a new face to that organization. They're thinking as it moves down the road and um, he's one of those guys that you click over to watch when you see a power play, like, okay, Anaheim's on a power play or they've gone to a shootout or they're on three on three because he's that kid that, that has that special talent to be able to be, you know, those, those players that play on special teams and they got a little more ice and a little more time with the puck and the creativity all shines out. So um, anyway, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's too bad. Their general manager was relieved of yeah. duty, but um, before this all started this year, so, uh, yeah, it's an exciting team. <clears throat> Sorry, and I don't think it's – it's not a team that we counted on being in the mix and fighting for a wild card spot yeah. or being in the top three because I was so adamant about I truly believe that there will be five teams from the Central that are going to be in a playoff spot. So I think it will be five and three instead of four and four. But, um, you know, there's a couple teams here that, that are unexpected – and um then that puts the pressure again on our team here in Dallas so um these kind are they going to stay are they going to be there all year long you know typically yeah they're another team that gets off to a great start and they're going to fade away and you know now they're getting into the neighborhood where they got 30 31 games played and so you're starting to believe that they'll be able to you know hang in there as the season goes along but you know I was just looking this morning and trying to figure out what is Dallas got to do? <clears throat> you know, right now we talk about that website. I mean, Dallas has got, but again, they've got games to make up, which it always sounds good to have games in hand, but now the way that they're going to get crammed in, that's, yeah, that's a kind of a TBD. Let, let's see how many games you have to play in not very many nights, but, but I was just looking like, like strength of schedule. And, and again, typically you don't even look at this kind of stuff until you got 20 games to go in a season, but because everything seems to be so tight and, you know, Dallas is in the middle of the pack when it comes to going down. I mean, it's not even the stretch now. Jeez, we still got what, 50 some games to play. Yep. So, um, you know, and, and at their current pace, I mean, you take their, 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 I always look at points percentage because I believe that, that if, if the NHL this year, for instance, Every can't, everybody can't play the same amount of games, which they definitely want everybody to do. It. And then they'd love to have the schedules even. But I always go by point because I think at some point, maybe you just have to make it by points percentage. If, if only one team, if some team plays 65, another play, team's played 68, you got to find a, a fair way to do it. And so you look at your points percentage. And, and right now, Dallas, Dallas is at 552. And a lot, of that, a lot of that's a problem on the road. Now, they're only like three I don't know, 330 or something on the road from a, a winning percentage. <clears throat> that's got to change. That'll be there. That's going to be how you live and die. That's going to be how you get to the playoffs. You get to get your game together on the road. But anyway, if they go at that current pace, they're going to finish the year with about 91 points. That's not going to be good enough to get in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking so, at the teams right now, Craig. It's so we'll, we'll do this real quick. You know, looking at the central Minnesota, Nashville, St. Louis are the top three right now. Say you kick out Nashville, you know, that puts Colorado in. And even if one of those other teams gets kicked out, Winnipeg's still ahead. So that's the central. So you are looking at a wild card unless, you know, they go on this lightning tear, which they can do. Um, then I look at the Pacific. Yeah. Vegas, Anaheim, Calgary. Let's say Anaheim gets kicked down. That's going to be a tough wild card team to beat. Then you have Edmonton. So there are a number of teams. And maybe the NHL this year 
Maybe they'll expand a little bit as far as playoffs due to the limited number of games that they can fit in. I, You know, this is a fluid situation, so they're kind of going to have to make the rules on the fly, and it's not going to be fair to every team. But I, I do look at the hurdles that the Stars have to overcome, and, and at some point they do have to get going specifically on the road to compete against uh, a lot of these teams because I, I look and I say, are they better than Colorado right now? I don't think so. Are they better than St. Louis? I, I don't think so. Nashville, they're staying up there, but, mm, I mean, you put a whooping on Minnesota, but was that truly the wild team? I, I don't think they're as good as Minnesota. Are they as good as Vegas? No. Are they as good as Calgary? Ugh. That's tough because Calgary's a tough team to play, and Lucic has had a great season, and they seem to have kick-started their roster. So there are a number of teams where I look and say, are they better than the Stars? And I I just can't say a lot of these teams are worse right now. No, that that's because you mentioned Calgary. No, I well, I didn't. I'm just going to speak for myself. I never had Calgary being getting off to a start, being the, the kind of team that they are. I, I just, I didn't see it. And they are. I mean, after 30-some games, they're, they're for real. They're the kind of team and, you know, Sutter's got him doing what Sutter's got him doing. They're playing a certain way. He brought in his play a couple, two, three players from L.A. where they won the Cups in the past. And so they are that kind of a blue-collar, in-your-face defense, hard-to-play-against kind of club. So I don't see them going away. And you're right. Colorado's, we've all talked about, they should be the best in the Central. Yep. You know, I, I can see them overtaking Minnesota. But I think right now, Minnesota's for real. They're getting good goaltending. They got a, you know, they got the kid as a superstar. Um, they've got a good team there. Uh, St. Louis, St. Louis, I didn't think was going to do what they're doing. And that's why I said to you last week, I, I would look at th- that coach there, what he's done with the injuries and everything else Amazing. that they've done. He could be up for coach there. And yeah. I hear everybody else talking about a whole bunch of other guys. And I'm thinking, man, this guy's done an unbelievable job weaving together and piecing together players and, you know, things like that. Anaheim is the other surprise, right? Nashville's a surprise. Um, LA's a surprise for God's sakes. I mean, I don't think anybody thought LA was going to be there. So it, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's going to be tough that, and I look at Dallas and they've got to get their game together on the road. And, and then when you look at the schedule, just this, this month, starting in January, they've got three sets of three games and four nights. And they, that's three of those. They've got three of them are obviously back-to-backs or four of them are back-to-backs. And you've got some tough road games coming up and then you got a game in February and then there's the break, but it's not a break anymore. They're going to, they're going to figure out how to put them together. So, and now there are what they've missed five games. I think it is. So now all of a sudden when you've got <clears throat> 180 days or 70 days or whatever it is, get your 82 games in. Um, now all of a sudden that's compressed. So now you're talking about, are you going to, depending on how many more games get canceled and when they get canceled, how many of these three and four nights are five and seven, four and seven? And you talk about wear and tear and you have to, and you're and you're always looking at taillights. You're always looking up above. It's a hard way to have to play. And you know that you can't miss a beat. I mean, you got to go on the road. And if you're going to play three, three games on the road, you know, you have to win at least two of them. Right now, they're winning one out of three. That's it. They're going to have to win two out of three. And that, it sounds like it's not that big of a deal, but there's a big difference in, you know, sure. playing 330, you know, to, to 600. Yeah. At this point in the season, anyone, any, any showdown against any team in the West is important. You got to get those points, you know, and you, you can't allow, unless you're playing against Arizona, let's just say, but yeah, you know, it's, it's crucial. I wanted to get your take on, and we're ahead of the game, but. Tell me about Thomas Harley and what he needs to do, in your opinion, to take that next step. And I say that, and I don't want to be one of those guys that talks about the offseason right now, but let's admit it, John Klingberg's up, and the Stars will try to re-sign, them, re-sign him. I think Klingberg wants to stay, but it's going to be at a pretty hefty price. I don't think Harley can fill those shoes as of right now, but I think the future does say that he would be one of those guys, and that's why they drafted him in the first round. What have you seen so far that you like, and what do you think that he needs to work on? 
I, I think when you're a when you're a young player, it, it's it to me it's so hard to say you work on one thing. You you have to work on your complete game. And 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 in Dallas, and I think you know until there's a complete philosophy change, um, you know they they've done their best work when when they're holding the opponent to a couple goals against, and and they want to play that way, but they also want to play with some tempo. You know they want to get the game, which he can do. So you you have to work your whole game. And, and again, with with Klinger, I, I think he's played great in the last month. I mean, I Agreed. I really do. And but you know, it's going to come down to him. It, I think it's going to be in, in Klinger's court. Everybody will say it's going to be Dallas, and they're going Dallas is going to offer what Dallas can offer. And I think John's just going to decide. Listen, I can go get you know seven seven million over here. Yeah. For for five or, or seven years, and you're only going to give me six six and a half, and it doesn't sound like a big difference. But when you're getting two extra years someplace, um, and it's kind of the same thing I talked about earlier with another player that was here, and you know he left, and he's been on two different teams since. And I, I just said to him at the time, it goes back what four or five years, but I said, you know, is it worth it to get another million dollars uh, a year, which that's a lot of money? If so, I'm sure that everybody listening will say, hell yes. And play on a team that's not going to make the playoffs or get, you know, two years less and play on a team that's got a good opportunity, you know, to get to what you want. And, you know, again, he, he made his choice and I, and I don't, well, and I, there's another one that you know lives right here in the backyard. I had a good talk with Blake Coleman and, you know, he just came off of winning two Stanley cups with Tampa Bay. And, and, you know, if, if Krejci didn't come back in Boston, it was going to be an opportunity for him to sign in Boston. And he had three other teams and, and I just looked at Boston. I said to him, I said, you know, they've got some players and you know, they're, they're, their core is older and that management president, they know where they are. They're, they know their window. And I said, they will bolster their lineup. You wait and see, they want to do something because they know they can, they only got you know a small window now to try to win another cup and you can go win another cup. And so what, did, what does Blake do? <laughs> He doesn't listen. I mean, I wasn't talking him into anything. He goes and signs and he gets, he gets an extra two years. Yep. He gets an extra, you know, whatever he got, you know, over, I know what he got, but I mean, he got, you know, a lot more money and here they are in second place overall. So um, in Calgary. So, um, you know, it just shows you, you know, you got to do what you got to do and the players are going to do what they want to do. So for Klinger, I just think that he's got to be able to, to, in his mind and his agent and his family, they're going to say, listen, this is a good team here. If he believes that, or do you want to be the guy that uh, says, listen, I, I want this money. Uh, I was underpaid the last three years or four years, whatever it is. And I guess that you could definitely argue that. Um, and there's a lot of people that will say, man, he, you know, he's an offensive guy and he's this and that, and he doesn't play well on his own end. I'm going to tell you that his game has changed over the last couple of years. He has gotten more detail in his own end. He may not be perfect, but we all know what his game is. And, but I think you're seeing he clingers not on that first power play anymore, is he? And so, but, I, but I don't even know which is one and two, I guess yeah. in here. So it's hard to say, but, but it, he's not getting the same minutes and, you know, Miro, he deserves the minutes. Yeah. And, and Suter's doing a good job. And, you know, so those two are getting out there and, um, but anyway, I know it, we love our local, I know we love our own players, but I'll just say this at some point, And I am such a John Klingberg fan and I'll be the first to admit he took a step defensively that I didn't think he could take. I'm not saying he's a plus defensive player now, but he certainly is not a liability like I thought he was the first few years where you had to take him off um, the ice in the final minutes or so to speak. But I'll say, I'll, I'll say this, Craig, like as much as I love the hometown players, you cannot keep giving players $7 million a year if you – you need cap space eventually, and it's going to catch up to you. And I know Radulov comes off the books. I know Pavelski's going to come off the books, and maybe they'll come back cheaper. But at some point, you have to say, best of luck. And I think that's maybe that's what they did with Blake Coleman because I, I don't know. I mean, you would know better than I if there was an offer out there. I, I just I love Blake Coleman. You know, he, well, but they but they have to. They got they got rid of that whole third line. That yeah. was the that was their identity line. That's when. When Cooper and I, we chatted a few years ago about that. And, you know, and they were this team, you know, that could score goals and they could, you know, be that highlight reel, but they just, 
they weren't playing the right way to win the playoffs. You know, they were playing well enough to to win the 60 games a year, but that doesn't do shit for you when you're at that time of the year that you want. So they changed their identity and they brought in Blake and Gordon, you know, all these other guys that come in there and now those guys are all gone, but they knew they were gone. Blake knew he was gone. They, they couldn't pay him anymore. And so did the other two guys and, and they got, you know, they're, they're fine. So, but then just look at what they've done. They're at the top of the league now. And they just got point back last night and point comes back. And he just scores two goals to start, you know, he's back to misses yeah. what, 14 or 16 games and Kucherov's getting ready to come back. And so they found a way. And, but what they did is they had them, they're in the system, they're in the barrel, you know, they're, they're in the chamber. And when, and what you try to do is you, they're never, the player that's replacing somebody isn't going to immediately be as good as the one that they're replacing. So you unplug one, plug in another one, they play similar and you say, okay, Here's, here's our number four defenseman. We have another number four. He's five, six years younger. We're going to have to go through some growing pain, but that's your window. And I think uh, for winning, and I think I said this, you know, a couple of years ago, I felt starting two to three years ago was Dallas's window. That was your window. And then the window starting to close. And like the ones you're talking about, whether it's Jamie or Tyler or Pavelski, or, you know, you can go to Rads, you know, Ben Bishop. I mean, we're starting Dolby. We're, we're starting to see them kind of not by, not because they wanted to, but they're starting to fall out. And, and so these little changes are being made, but they know, and management knows this is their window and there's going to be a time. Are you going to be in good hands when, when Hintz and Robertson take over and Jamie and Klinger and Sagan and Radulov are all gone? You're, you're going to be, you're still going to need help in the next couple of years. You're not just going to get rid of those guys and they're going to win a cup in two years. You know, if those guys aren't here, because there's, there's more to, you know, just what happens on the ice. There's a lot of other things that are involved in it. So, um, <clears throat> and yeah, Harley's going to be part of that picture, but you know, I think you're, are you kind of starting to see, and I don't know, he could be hurt. Is Sekera starting to get faded out a little yep, bit? Yep. Yep. Great point. I've not and, seen and him I just as wondered much. if he was hurt. Did he have the COVID illness or non-related, whatever the hell they're calling it. But it seems to me, you know, Hanley's getting a little more time in yeah. there. And, and so is he kind of, getting pushed to the side i mean i've liked hawk and paw i i, I, I do think too a, yeah i think he's a guy that you need in your lineup that plays that kind of a game that kind of a style you need yeah. one of them i just think on that third defensive pairing correct me if i'm wrong since they weren't like a total shut down d pair i felt as though maybe bonus felt as though he needed some offensive production out of there and therefore that's where you'll see the harleys and the hanleys a uh, more puck moving defenseman yeah well i th- i really think that the whole concept of a shutdown pair is kind of getting phased out. It's kind of like the fullback. There is no fullback. <laughs> you know what I mean? For the Great comparison. Part. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think that that, because you want, you want to get up and go. I mean, now to create scoring chances and we've done it with our, our, you know, our young kids here is, is my defenseman. They go like, I, I want you guys where it used to be, you get to the blue line, the offensive blue line. And there would be that one or two guys, I think of Trevor Daly. Go back to Trevor Daly when he was here. And Dale's, you know, <clears throat> there was a rule here. You get to this certain point, and you don't get further than that in the offensive zone. And I would go to Dale's, and I'd say, you know what? For me, there's a, there's a, there's another defenseman here where his he can get to the top of the circle. He can get because he can skate well enough, blah, blah, blah. And I said, Dale's, but you, you can go to the net because you can skate and you can recover. You just can't hang around down there. So th- those boundaries have been expanded. And so in order to create offensive chances now, because everybody can skate, everybody can back check and, and they track back hard because of their speed. And so when you get across the offensive blue line, if you want to create chances, you have to have your defenseman involved. And so you're turning a, because a three on two turns into a three on three really quick because they're all coming back and they can all come back with a lot more speed now. And so it's really the fourth guy that a lot of times creates the chance. <clears throat> so, so I believe that everything that those pairings have changed. You've got to have somebody. I mean, you you look around the good teams. I mean, they've got guys on on every pairing that can go, and and they you know. So you might get one shutdown guy. I mean, I, I think of uh, Bogosian guys like that. Like yeah. to me, those are more of the shutdown kind of guys now. But you only see one of them on a team, maybe two. The other ones, they're either a combination. I mean, is Essa a shutdown guy? I think he's a shutdown guy, but he sure gets involved in the offense. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. you know, he blocks shots and he plays physical. Um, 
but he, but he, you see him get a lot more chances offensively, and they're not all from the blue line. They're from below the tops of the circles. So I, I just think it's all trending that way. And I think if and I think Rick Bonus, that's the way he's he's coached. And I get on I get on it sometimes when the opportunity's not there, and they still take the chance. And next thing you know, there's two defensemen caught in the offensive zone, and there's two forwards defending. I'm not all about that because. Those forwards from the days they were 12, 14, they were taught how to play in front of the net 150 feet away from there. As a defenseman, you're taught to play in front of your own net. And there's just different ways you play against, you know, forwards in front of your net versus the way a forward would play against a forward in front of his own net. So, but again, that's all about time and score and all the other stuff I get into. So, um, no, I just think there's uh, there's way more balance. And I just think there's more of an, an offensive. You have to be able to skate in today's game. Let's just put it that way. And if you can skate, they want you getting involved. And, and I just think that's that's what they're going for. That's the kind of teams I think that are that we're seeing that are, you know, consistently better teams than the league. Those are the elements that they have. And if, you know, you, you want to play that, you want to compete with them, you, you got to get on board. And you can't just sit back and go into a shell. And you can't sit up, set up in the neutral zone like we used to and play the trap and and try to turn pucks over there. You know, there is no more red line anymore. So that's pretty much gone by the wayside anyway. These guys just stretch it from the goal line all the way up to the far blue line, chip it in, and they got three guys flying through the neutral zone and they get on the forecheck. I mean, you don't see a lot of passing through the neutral zone. You see a lot of stretching and, and pucks getting stretched all the way up and it, it's chipped in or it's just tipped in and you got two other guys flying and they get on the forecheck and turn it over. You're listening to Spits and Suds. If you're listening to this podcast, please, uh, you know, give us a five-star rating. We truly would appreciate it. Um, before we go, uh, I wanted to ask you, with the Winter Classic slash Stadium Series coming upon, am I correct you've played in two alumni games or one? I played in two. I played in the first one, okay. uh, the Heritage Classic that was in Edmonton, Montreal. Uh, we played the Edmonton Oilers, Gretz and the gang, yep. and then – played in another they actually called the heritage classic series i think and then uh then we played the one in calgary the one in calgary was cold as hell so um well I, edmonton was too so i shouldn't say uh, so i know what those guys are going to go through uh, edmonton was cold and uh, edmonton was awful um but the benches it's the only time i've said you know and i was very fortunate to be able to plan those things and you know you got the same old superstars that are there and i could you know lafleurs and robinsons and shuts and all these guys are playing there it's the one time that you don't see people complaining about ice time because the benches are like 85 degrees and they're, everybody's just sitting on the bench. <laughs> you're, I mean, it's like you're sitting in the Bahamas there versus jumping over the board and going on. No, no, you go ahead. You stay out right. there. Guys wouldn't even stand up when you're supposed to take them off the ice. So, um, but no, I, I, I got to play in two of them. Um, obviously it was different, different speed than what these guys are. I just hope it's not too cold. Right. Because I know it's supposed to be anywhere from what three below to 15 below, I think is the average at uh, six o'clock on Saturday night. But if it gets too cold, the ice could get kind of shitty the other way too. I mean, it'll get chippy. And then next thing you know, there's going to be divots out of the ice and the puck will be bouncing around. So hopefully they've got a good temperature, but I'm actually, (laughs) I'm actually looking forward to, they've got ice fishing set up around the building, apparently around the arena, nice. uh, the, the sheet of ice. So I'm interesting. And that's, you know, eh, you're up in the, you're in the Midwest. So yeah. I, I saw the sweaters they're trying to, to pedal today. I think it's got a walleye on it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it. It reminds me of one of them ugly sweaters, you know, you buy at Christmas. Time. Sure. You, you, oh, that's all you own. But, but yeah, it's, it reminds me of one of them sweaters. I'm like, man, this thing is ugly, but I guarantee everybody's probably going to buy one. <laughs> so in your two games, you mentioned last week that Peter Stastny was one of those guys where it's like, come on, man, we're retired. You know, well, that was just, that wasn't that wasn't in the winter classic stuff, though. Or in the that, that was class. when that was just games that we played against each other. OK, yeah. OK. Was there a person on the ice in these two games that you're like, really? No. OK, no, that's good. Very. No, no, the, those games are, you know, they're meant to entertain and things like that. And so, uh, and we had all, you know, you're out of the game for, you know, a few years. And some of those other guys, there were guys that, uh, that were brought back from both sides that were even, you know, further down the road. So um, it, it was just an entertaining thing. And um, I, I think there was one time, I can't remember who, it was somebody from Calgary. And we kind of bumped into each other a couple of different times, but that was it. I mean, there was nothing, nothing like that. Does the so, Habs sweater have more meaning to you now when you play in those games? I'm not saying you took it you took it for granted, Craig, but that's a special sweater. That is like New York Yankees, 
you know, I'm trying to think of other teams, L.A. Lakers, Dallas Cowboys, those heritage uh, teams. I haven't heard you say the Green Bay Packers yet. Green Bay Packers, I'll okay. go with that. Once again, Dallas Cowboys. So, I mean, when, when you got to that point in the alumni and you see that it's in the dressing room, does it give you that special feeling? Uh, you know, I mean, I wasn't. Or is that more away. of a fan thing? Just, you know, not, I, not in the sense I think you think. I mean, it, okay. it was always, it's always, always was and always will be, you know, to put on a Montreal one or, or Dallas is the same for me. I, Montreal is, a, you know, it's iconic, right? So, and you got to play there, you got to win a championship there, you get to see how, how important championships really truly are to to that city i'm sure it's the same way it would be in toronto and uh, the the you know the super bowl here in dallas and in green bay places like it it just seems like it for whatever reason it seems like it means more in certain cities and and that is a pure hockey market you know in montreal and and, you know in texas here in dallas you it's it means a a ton to to all the fans right and but but there's other important sports here you know the football the baseball the basketball and you don't have that in montreal and you really don't you have it in toronto but the raptors aren't as important as the leafs are and you know the alouettes when we were in montreal uh weren't as important as the canadians are i don't think they ever will be i mean that is their their sport and their team that's their lifeblood as the montreal canadians in that city and i'm i'm sure that it's it would be the same thing in toronto you know they're they're like the two iconic uh organizations you know they've been around for 104 years yeah or whatever so um, I, I i know stars fans don't like it and you played wearing this sweater but personally i would love to see the wild just especially for the outdoor classic game i know they want to come up with their own jerseys for merchandise sales and dallas will get the proceeds if they didn't but just to work out a deal where we could see the north stars logo on the ice i think would be awesome I, I think I think it'd be awesome to see Dallas play the Wild. Oh I mean, yeah! I mean, if that's I, not a winter class, I, I don't. I mean, to me, if you, if you got franchises that somehow were in a relationship or married at some point in their history and got divorced or whatever it may be, I mean that that to me to me it's been a no brainer for for that. And maybe it's because Dallas oh. had a you know an appearance. I mean, for a long time, it was Detroit that played, and Chicago played, and Pittsburgh played. It's nice that we're being able to see other teams play. I mean, can you imagine if Dallas went to Minnesota for an outdoor classic, or if they played here at the Cotton Bowl, and Dallas announced that they were wearing North Star jerseys? It's totally different. It's totally different if Minnesota came to play here versus Dallas going there to play. Yeah. Because they still hold a grudge. But like yeah. here, here, it's like, haha, we got your team. There, it's like, motherfuckers, you took our team. Yeah. Well, you know, there, there's a diff, there's a hatred there. Uh, maybe it's not like, you know, the first few years, but, but there's still a hatred. And, you know, I, we, we play, I don't know, with our team, we play two, three times in Minnesota. And so it comes up, you know, and I hear it all. I mean, I, every time we're there, I hear something about it, about, you know, you stole our team and all this other stuff. I'm like, no, no, that's not what it was. Like you guys had an opportunity to buy 5,000 season tickets. That's all Mr. Green wanted. And he had a date. And then he extended the date and then he extended the date and nobody bought 5,000 tickets. And so, you know, though, you know, financially it didn't make sense to the greens and, and, but he gave you like two, three different chances. Now I'm sure there's going to be different stories and everything else, but I'm, that's coming from the horse's mouth. So, um, you know, that's what it was about, but you know, it's always about something like that. Right. I mean, if Arizona leaves, it's going to be because they didn't get fans and the money and the, you know, the city and everything else. So. Yeah. I, I still need hockey in Arizona. I think it's a big enough market. I just, you know, the stadium. It's all about the stadium. Location. Uh, yeah, location. Location, location, location. Uh, absolutely. You look at the struggling teams as far as attendance. Ottawa, it's not in Ottawa Center. Um, Arizona, you know, if you're in Scottsdale, Arizona, people need to understand this. It's going to take you about 45 minutes to get to Glendale. Are you going to travel 45 minutes on a Tuesday night to go see a hockey game? Probably not. Whereas you look at, another non-traditional city like Tampa and it's downtown great arena great vibe party outside everyone walks in together bands playing but then you look up the road in Florida once again outside of Fort Lauderdale nowhere near Miami so 
you wonder, like everyone says, well, they can't support hockey in Florida. They can't support hockey in Ottawa or Arizona. I mean, it is the equivalent here in DFW of a Dallas person traveling to Frisco or McKinney. Or for that matter, out to Fort Worth or Fort Worth people coming into Dallas for every single game, which I know several do, but the fact is the masses won't. And it comes down to money, and they just took the money for these stadium deals. Yeah, and I, I think you also have to sprinkle in it comes down to how good the team is. And, you know, those teams haven't been very good. They haven't. And, and to me, it all starts with, I'm not even going to say ownership. I, I'll say with management because they've been bad long enough to have some good picks and to have some good draft picks in um, both of them. And for whatever reason, I know Ottawa got off to a pretty good start and they've got, a, you know, they, they've got a pretty good young core coming along there. So I think they've taken some steps there, but man, in Arizona, you can, you can say everything that you said, location, and it doesn't seem right. But to me, it's not an excuse not to have good enough players and not to have a good team. Right. Right. Yeah. You're about three years away from Arizona being good. And I do, I do wherever they end up, I think they will be good. I think they have the right general manager in place. I love the moves that kind of fly under the radar um, as far as taking on some veterans and getting really good draft picks in return. So I like the things that Arizona is doing, but once again, that slows down winning. So they're yeah, in the, rebuilding. The one thing that, that I don't like is why is a team constantly picking up contracts of players that don't even play in the league anymore? Yeah. Because they've got to get to the salary floor. Mm-hmm. They've got to get to the, the, the salary cap floor. So does that mean you're just not, you're not bringing in the players that you should be paying the money to finding a way to, you know, surround yourself with big contracts. And that means big players. And that means better players. I, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're, they're picking up, I don't know. It's like the guy that's walking on the street and jumping into the dumpster and trying to find a donut. Yeah. You yeah, know, I, yeah, I don't disagree that that's tough. It's just the message that it sends. And I'm like, well, what player wants to sign there as a free agent? Like it, I don't understand. I mean, besides, I mean, if you're, if you're on the back nine of your career and you're going to get a three-year deal and they're going to give you 4 million a year and you're going to go live in the desert and, you know, when beautiful weather and everything that comes with Arizona, yeah, yeah. that's one thing, but I don't know what, what's going to bring a, a 25, 26 year old free agent and say, Hey man, let's right. like, man, you guys are going in the right direction in Arizona. Let's go. Kind of made Shane Doan special because he wanted to stay in Arizona and he wanted to be that guy and that, ambassador yep. for the team yeah yeah absolutely well it's gonna do it craig uh tip one for us on new year's eve or two or three well i'll add that to the list drunk text me and you know what during a game text me back when i text you uh no i'm busy i'm busy <laughs> <You're> b- <laughs> i'm taking notes for the podcast <laughs> I'm trying to text to get your opinion, and I just, hello, hello, anyone there? (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, you don't love me, but I love you, and Happy New Year, and thanks for doing this. And uh, Uh, That's a great way to, can you edit that part out? I will edit that part out. No one will ever hear those words and everything like that, but we do appreciate you, Mr. Ludwig, and the next time we will talk, it will be 2022, and hopefully we will see the Dallas Stars on the ice so we can... uh, Talk a little bit more uh, hockey, and uh, hopefully the stars can move up in the central. Well, have a great new yep. year, my friend. They got to put the work boots on. Yep. Sounds All good. Right. Talk to you soon. Later. That's going to do it for another Spits and Suds right here on 105.3 The Fan.